Weather Twitter. It's a fascinating social media community made up of meteorologists, weather enthusiasts, and people who just want to talk about all things weather. Weather Twitter is a space for collaborative ideas, sharing of weather photos and videos, and networking. But like any community, there was bound to be disagreements in opinion and clashing of ideas. We had an episode dedicated to Weather Twitter a couple years ago, exploring this online community. Now, we're looking at how this niche social media world has evolved, and some of the benefits and challenges it presents to the social fabric of meteorology, especially with our next generation of meteorologists. We're joined by Becky DePodwin and Dakota Smith, two people who are very active and very familiar with the wonderful world of Weather Twitter. In a candid and honest conversation, we'll dive into our own experiences on the digital platform and look at ways we can successfully coexist while bringing out the best in each other. So stay tuned because Weather Hype is coming up next. Now I'm the reason why you broke up with him and got back together Thought I was sunshine, but baby, I'm bad weather I'm off the Doppler in the five-day forecast By the time they hear me, I've already pushed the shore back No, no, I wasn't always like this Skies cleared soon as my daylight lit Sidewalks dried up, no snow emergency I could take you February and turn it into spring I was born on a storm When I get gone, I get gone And I don't need anyone to know better Hey everybody, welcome to episode 57 of Weather Hype, where we're talking all about weather Twitter. So we actually did something similar to this, Castle and I, about two years ago, we talked about weather Twitter, this online social media community of meteorologists and weather enthusiasts. Well, today we kind of want to see what this world is like in 2019. And so we're joined today by Becky DePodwin and Dakota Smith, and of course, Castle Williams, my co-host. Um, Castle's in Georgia, <laughs> Becky is in Pennsylvania, Hello. and Dakota and I Thank are both in Colorado. Thank you for that introduction. So in case you wanted a physical understanding of where we're located. I'm um, here. But yeah, uh, it's it's an interesting community of people and the the dialogue, the questions, the uh, things that people post, it can get a little tricky sometimes. And so I was wondering if any of you guys might be willing to take a stab at describing what exactly Weather Twitter is. It's all you, Becky. Okay. Um, (laughs) So you walk into a bar. Oh, my. Okay. And and there's a lot. Everyone is a meteorologist slash weather nerd who thinks that they know everything there is to know about the weather. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> and that's the majority of people. And then you have people kind of sitting on the outside of the bar who, like, are observing everything going on and are really snarky, but also, like, really smartly snarky about it. And so you kind of respect them for their smart, smart, Ooh, their snark smart. and their smart. Mm. <laughs> that's, I mean, that, I don't know. It's coined a it. new word. <laughs> it's whether, it's where the weather is discussed on Twitter, for better or for worse. Okay. Dakota? I think, I think that's a really good sort of baseline summary one thing I think that's fascinating about weather Twitter is that it's different for everybody. I'm sure uh, Castle and Min, your weather Twitter probably has more social science stuff, more communication stuff than Becky and I's. Um, I mean, I was going to say Castle, yours has like desperate housewives. Wait, not desperate are we talking about but... like my Twitter feed or like hashtag weather <laughs> No, your Twitter. your Twitter feed. Oh, I was about to say rude, first of all. <laughs> Real housewives, well, sorry. I mean, that's a good point. To me, weather Twitter is is essentially the people I follow because I mm. follow mostly weather people and I don't really search for the hashtag like weather Twitter mm. ever, fair, you yeah. know, to like observe. Um, and so I don't see like some conversations that happen on weather Twitter. I see conversations that like others don't. 
And I think that's a big part of it is that we all sort of probably have a slightly different perspective of it. But uh, yeah, Becky did a good job. It's basically just a bunch of meteorologists rambling on about clouds. <laughs> I like the uh, the picture that Becky painted. The The way that I kind of usually visualize it is, you know how like in the movies, you, in the there's like a stock exchange scene and people are all like shouting at one another trying to be like <laughs> buy sell 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 and then you have certain people that are like up in the offices behind glass walls um but they're still able to see and hear everything that's going on that's what i think about whether twitter where like most people are like screaming at each other but then we have members of the public and like emergency managers and like other people that we don't think necessarily are looking in on us but actually are are up in that glass room yeah, that's actually a really pretty good visualization of uh, both of you guys, but the bar scene and the stock exchange scene of what weather Twitter can be like. It can get a little rowdy and a little crazy, yeah. Um, but, you know, I want to talk about really quickly the uplifting and positive side of weather Twitter. We've seen, we talked about this a couple episodes ago on Weather Hype of meteorologists really just putting people on blast for unwarranted criticisms, you know, saying things like, you know, you're cutting into my golf game during a tornado, like, how dare you? Or even really terrible petty stuff like, you know, your face looks weird or the, your, your dress that you're wearing looks ugly or blah, blah, blah. And we're seeing meteorologists post these people and, and letting them know this is not okay. And on top of that, you know, other people on weather Twitter, meteorologists and weather enthusiasts are defending them and rallying behind them to show their support. I think that's really something positive that's come from weather Twitter um, more recently that I've observed anyway. I mean, I will attest to that also. I mean, I think just in general, my Twitter experience since we recorded the last podcast has gotten a lot more positive. I don't know if it's kind of the era that we're living in. There's so much darkness in a lot of different places that um, kind of some positive positivity is coming uh, out more in some of these social media channels. I know that me personally, I don't really follow a lot of weather people as much as I used to because of that kind of I felt those toxic toxic vibes um and so now I'm more on the train of like the grad the graduate student uh twitter or like uh science twitter more generally um but I think what you said is correct I think there are a lot more positive posts about people defending others um we're kind of all in this bandwagon together kind of feeling, um, which I really enjoy and I really like. I think it's a lot better than some of the kind of spats and arguments that uh, kind of yeah. happen on Weather Twitter. And I think, you know, there's obviously really good positive things that happen, but sometimes um, I've witnessed people um, kind of t maybe not tearing them down. That might be a little bit extreme, but um, I've seen people calling other people out on the weather Twitter platform, um, you know, and saying things like, well, that was a really offensive video that you posted or, you know, your language was like blatant, like racist or things like that. And um, sometimes it's warranted, sometimes it's not in my opinion, but I, I kind of wonder, you know, it's interesting to, to know when to call people out, when to kind of just, I don't know, let it play out without calling it out. Because I guess we don't really know the circumstances sometimes, but sometimes we're really too quick to jump on the gun and judge somebody for what we see. Um, I guess is kind of the point of, of what I'm trying to make. I think this nicely translates to kind of Becky's recent article on the weather social. It's not like exactly lining up, but I think that 
um, a lot of the ways that we kind of judge people based on maybe some bad weather actions that they do or they don't take protective action or they're driving through a flooded roadway. Um, I think this the way that you kind of framed that question, Min, I think really kind of speaks to a lot in her article. So I would be I would love to hear Becky's perspective on this and maybe tying in some of those themes that she brought up in her article, too. Yeah, so this is a tough one, actually, because I feel like the example that was given was based on racism. And I'd be curious if that actually occurred on whether Twitter itself or if that was just Twitter in general, Um, because I, I do feel like there's a lot of double standards that occur sometimes. Like, I'm trying to figure out how to explain this. I mean, I feel like sometimes there are acceptable ways of calling people out and then other times there's not and i feel like the line is so blurred sometimes like i don't even know where it is um but i think the bottom line and this ties back to the article that i just wrote for for the weather social is that generally speaking empathy is is better than judgment like almost all the time if we can just have more empathy and figure out why why did that happen why did someone do this probably stupid thing that we think is 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 a, was a bad decision was stupid and we can like put ourselves in their shoes for a minute and to be clear this probably doesn't apply doesn't apply to racism to blatant Correct. racism it does not apply to that to be very clear here um but the just so much of twitter of what's said on twitter can be taken out of context can be misconstrued can be blown up to be something that it was never intended to be And I've been on the receiving end of that. I have had my employer literally called by someone who felt that I said something that was never, ever intended to be what they took it to be. It wasn't racism. It was it was something else. But it was just baffling to me that it got to that point. And so I just I feel like it's an important lesson that first off, what you say on Twitter, unless your account is blocked, is always public. It's going to last forever. A screenshot lasts forever. And that it can be taken anyway. It doesn't matter how you mean it. It doesn't matter how you try and phrase it. It can be perceived however anybody's going to perceive it. Period. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, And, you know, as people are using Weather Twitter a lot and, and posting different things on Twitter for the meteorology community to see, it's always important to remember that um, what you post and what you say can have lasting impacts. I know that um, I've seen a trend with certain people that I have seen on Weather Twitter. And I'm like, you know it doesn't sit well with me, the things that you say. And it kind of, you know, not that I'm going to say one day, oh, I have a job and, you know, I want to offer it to somebody. I'm like, you know what? You posted that one thing on Twitter that one time. I'm not going to give you the job. You know, I'm not going to do that. But it's just that there are a lot of eyes that are watching. And for everyone who's posting, there's probably four or five more times of people who are just watching on the sidelines and seeing how everything unfolds. So, Whatever you post, just remember that a lot of other people are watching. Even if you don't get a like or a comment or anything or a retweet, like there's a lot of other people who are observing silently and they're not saying anything. I was going to follow up on Becky's comment about empathy. I think that's pretty good advice for not just Twitter, but life in general. There's, I don't think there's enough empathy that goes around. Um, I, I was going to like comment on like the whole like guilting of people when they do something mm-hmm. wrong on Twitter. I remember, I think it was 2018 AMS in Austin. Uh, you, you, uh, Min and Castle, you guys had that really good yeah. uh, session. I don't even know the what the title was of it. If you want to remind me, the the Matt Parker communication workshop. Yeah, yeah, that one. Um, we broke out in groups and everything, and I said something similar to this, but um, I think my 
opinion has evolved. I, I sort of think there is a place for critiquing people. And um, when you critique someone on a public forum, you're pretty much shaming them. Like it, you might not mean to that, but in some way there's going to be some shame, some guilt uh, that's brought to it regardless of the intent. Um, and I used to do that a lot on Twitter. I don't know about you guys, but when I like first started, whenever I like saw something that I thought was wrong, whether it was like an entity or just a single person, I would like reply to them or something and say like, what's going on here? Um, I do that. <laughs> I do that less now. And I think, I think it, when I, when I actually do say something, um, I think it has more impact on what has done. Cause I'm not like doing it you know, 24 seven. Um, and I think a lot of people in our field, that's sort of the policy that they do If something so egregious and so terrible that like it should be called out. Um, I think it, it happens. And the other sort of sticky area is like whether Twitter does have sort of like a pack mentality when one person, uh, climbs on, everyone starts to go yep. for it. And um, yeah, no. So I think that's a really good point, uh, Dakota, that you're bringing up. But also, you know, I was curious, when do you think that you started to, um, I guess, be a little bit more cognizant of, of how you reply to people? And, and you said that you don't do it as much anymore now. Um, what do you think changed for you that kind of um, changed your behavior in terms of replying to people on Twitter, I guess? Yeah, I think, and I, this, I don't know how this is going to come off, but I honestly think I focus on myself more and how like I'm perceived and what I'm doing um, and some of the things that I'm tweeting. Like I have more focus on that than what others are tweeting. Uh, I think just because you can control what, what you do, but you can't really control what others do. I'm not sure. I think that probably changed um, to be frank when I got more followers because when you have more followers, there's more people seeing your stuff. Um, and I think you're, important is a strong word but i think your tweets become more important when you have more followers um and like their tweets get more traction and are seen by more eyes and i think we kind of alluded to it a little bit before but um sometimes whether twitter and the community of people on twitter who are meteorologists or weather enthusiasts um it can get a little clicky sometimes um and people kind of rally around each other for maybe the wrong reasons. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but um, I've seen a few times before where, you know, one person uh, gets into an argument with another person and then like their friends get involved and their friends are defending, you know, each other. And it just kind of gets really messy. Uh, I was wondering if you guys ever kind of witnessed something like that where um, it just all plays out. and It just looks really nasty. Yeah, I've definitely observed it. I, I wouldn't go so far far as to say it's you know one specific person that everyone hates although there certainly are a few accounts that may be targeted more than others I'm not gonna name names i honestly can't even think of one off the top of my head right now but oh i can i can definitely certainly... come up with a few people that i can think about right now <laughs> there's certainly the, the group mentality like there's a mob mentality and it is real and it's not just weather twitter it's 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 just i don't even know how to explain it it's you see a, a two to five people i don't know what the magic number is but these people saying well that person was wrong and it's just so easy to jump on and pile on and join in this pitchfork mob and it happens really often you know sometimes it's a pretty minor thing and there's maybe 10 people talking about it and then sometimes it gets blasted onto facebook and then you have like hundreds of random people coming after you for this thing that you're like what i don't even i don't even know what's happening right now um but i i, I think there are certain circles within weather twitter um i don't know that i 
call them clicks because I feel like half these people haven't even met. So like that's kind of weird. <laughs> the mean girls. Uh, <laughs> probably like seventy five percent of the people haven't met. Um, but there there are certainly like sides to weather Twitter. Like there is. I, do I, I don't know if I want to name them, but you 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 see it often where someone posts something and then uh, the same person every time will comment like look at this guy again and everyone's like yeah look at that guy again and it just snowballs from there i would say yes not to the kind of extent i think than other that I, I, any of the other panelists on this podcast would have um wait panelists i, I couldn't think of the right word <laughs> sorry um <laughs> the there is one individual that i see get picked on a lot um, and again, I won't name that person, but uh, it just seems like the qu- the biggest question that I have is like, we're all adults doing this. And what is this teaching the next generation? Wow. So like, damn, yeah, we're exactly. And like, it, I, I just don't want to foster like a an environment that creates more judgmental people to like a, f- a far greater extent. You know, it's not like Meteorology 101, like, has a new topic that's like, attack people on Twitter. Uh, welcome to this week's lecture on attacking people on Twitter. <laughs> um, I just don't want that to happen. And that's like my biggest fear is that it may be a lesson that's being taught kind of under the surface, if you will. They're just observing this behavior. And because they want to be like that really great meteorologist, they're going to kind of mimic or model after what they're doing and so um, i think when we have these kind of exclusionary or clicky or judgmental attacks on people then it it's something that we have to think about in the back of our minds that there are people watching that are kind of growing in this field and uh we need to model the behavior that we would want them to be like that sounds very like pageanty but uh, that's how I'm feeling right now. <laughs> it's not even it's not even the the students and the people coming into the field. Like, it's a great point, Castle. Like a hundred percent. Oh sure. But it's also the public, and I talked about this in my in my post. Like the public oh, yeah. can see 100. everything we're saying, and if they see all of the infighting that happens among meteorologists, like we can't even agree with ourselves. Why the heck yep. should anyone trust us on anything? Like if I were on the outside looking in, I would be like, wow, these guys just fight all the time. Like, this is ridiculous. I'm not going to turn to them for my weather information. Like, I feel like oftentimes we just think the weather mm-hmm. Twitter is this private little bubble, and it's most certainly not. Yeah. And I, you know, when I read the article back to your post, and I was thinking to myself, yeah, like a lot of times we just have this like knee jerk reaction. Like, we have to judge somebody. We have to have like a negative comment. It's almost like, I don't know, like, it's so unhealthy sometimes. And again, I think what we all talked about earlier, the empathy and just kind of understanding a little bit is really healthy. And like you said, at the very beginning of that post, I loved it. It was like, you're guilty of it. I'm guilty of it. We've all done this before. I know I personally have. Totally. And so I think just, you know, being more cognizant and aware of what you're about to tweet, um, having a little bit more empathy before you type words out on your phone or, you know, type a post out on your computer it's just something to think about before you have that knee-jerk reaction to kind of be like, oh, I want to say something and say something right now. That's good advice. And I think if, like, you have to tweet, well, one, I would say, like, just don't tweet. Half the time, just, like, don't tweet. <laughs> but if you but if you have to tweet, uh, maybe, like, go into someone's DMs. And, like, if you have a problem with them, like, say something in there. I've done that a few times. And 
you don't you know it's not seen by the public and you can be a little more candid and like a little more honest and um, things work out there but if you have to tweet like publicly just like really think about the words that you're using like if you just can't resist saying something publicly like really really think about what you're about to say and what is about to go out into the world i think also like what the goal of the tweet is like if it's not like if it's not doesn't feel productive or it doesn't feel like it's going to go somewhere that's really helpful then what's the point like if you're trying to air your frustration or something maybe you should find a more healthy outlet to do that on uh or you know what i mean so like it's not i think thinking about the goal of the tweet when i'm about to send this tweet which i'm i'm pretty sure is kind of what you're mentally doing men when you're looking at the tweet and then hitting backspace you're like this probably isn't going to be helpful the goal maybe is to make someone laugh or um to get likes or retweets so at that point is it being helpful i was gonna say this came up on the last uh weather twitter podcast i think we did like two and a half years ago or something and i think the advice that we had was like just listen to some music like listen to some like crazy like rock music to get up get up the (laughs) the rage there you go music can definitely work and i think that's the same right if you're gonna attack somebody or you're thinking that it might get a little volatile publicly on twitter then just slide into their dms in a non-creepy way but a constructive way right or send them an email yeah that works too or have some other way to have some sort of constructive conversation instead of attacking one another or taking cheap shots at one another for like a laugh or something like try and make something productive out of it shifting gears a little bit um talking about whether twitter and social media in general we talk a little bit about how sometimes we might post things for the likes or the retweets or things like that um and so you know the world of social media and the generation that we're in now seems like a lot of what we do you know we want to post it out you know for the public to see and we want some what of some validation if you will um again i know that i've done that before and others have too um, but what's a good balance of being on whether Twitter and maybe social media in general? And how do you guys balance that kind of world between making sure that you're taking care of yourself? Because sometimes social media can be really exhausting. It can take a really big mental toll on you. So I've used the mute button. Uh, not the, like, the mute button, yes, but also like muting certain uh, words. Um, I've used that pretty heavily, uh, especially in the last couple of years, whether it's political, whether it's weather. Um, I'm not going to say specifically which words I've (laughs) muted, but um, there's been a lot that's gone on mostly with my employer that I've I've had to really take a step back from um, because people have a lot of strong opinions and it's really hard for me to separate it out. And that's on me. Like, I know that's on me. Like, I know 99.9% of these people, like, they don't mean it personally. Maybe some do. I don't think that's that's really a thing, but I still take it personally for better or for worse. And that sucks like that's not a good thing to do um so i've had to really distance myself from that uh as as a you know kind of just taking a step back and trying to separate out like i'm not i'm not my employer i didn't do this i didn't make these decisions this isn't on me but it's still really hard to see people that you care about and that you respect and that you call friends 
saying all of these things about, you know, the person that signs your paycheck. Like, that's really difficult. So from that standpoint, I've used the mute button a lot. Um, I've I've just stopped going on Twitter kind of in the evenings. I rarely check it on the weekends. I'll post a picture on cats <laughs> because, you know, the cats are awesome. They are awesome. That's pretty much it. Um, taking that giant step back on the weekends has been really refreshing. Yeah, and there's definitely what you're saying. There's no shame in muting out things and even muting certain accounts or, or people that – you know, just makes it really toxic for you. And so I think that's something that you brought up that people might be like, oh, wow, like she can't handle the pressure. So she's a good way of, of still being active on Twitter and social media, but also knowing kind of what your triggers are. Like, you know, I have triggers and I try not to engage with those triggers. And so I think it's a really healthy and, and smart way of still being able to stay on Twitter, but also managing your expectations of, of what you're going to see and also um, how it's going to affect you too. Yeah. Like, I love Twitter, and I still like following the people that say some of these things, but I don't need to see these particular tweets say, so I'll mute that word, and everything's great. Like, thankfully, Twitter has a lot of tools set up that you can kind of eliminate some of these things that are, are more I was going to say, Twitter's. like, Twitter isn't important, you know, in the grand scheme of things, and it's a little... um I don't know. I I have trouble actually saying that because like I wouldn't have a job without my tweets. <laughs> it's like terrible to say, but it's true. It's weird. Life is weird. Um, but it, at the end of the day, like it doesn't matter. Like little scuffle you had with someone on Twitter, you know, it's not really gonna matter. Um, so I like I honestly probably use Twitter less um than I did I don't know three years ago. Uh, mainly just because I don't know maybe I'm busier. Maybe I care about things other things more than um than twitter not great advice but yeah no no i think that's that's great <laughs> advice and, and a great perspective and i think you know for me when i was in meteorology school for undergrad and graduate school i'd i'd follow weather events all the time on whether twitter posts about different storms uh, severe weather expected a lot of those things and um now that i find myself out of that kind of scene i'm you know i have a full-time job i'm trying to make a social life in a new city where i'm living and meeting new people and, and things you know it, they take up your time. And so I'm not on Twitter as much, I guess. But um, for those who are in that world still, it makes sense that they're more so on Twitter. Um, but maybe, you know, as we get older, I suppose, we we just naturally start to wean off of Twitter. Is that a thing? I don't know. I think the best thing for me is I remove the notification, like, pings to my phone. Um, so instead of having... Twitter and other Twitter users tell me when I should be on Twitter. I choose for myself when I want to be on Twitter. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that has been very, it, it has relieved a lot of anxiety for me because it used to be like, oh my gosh, someone has sent me a tweet. I have to respond like right this second. Um, but now that I've turned my notifications off, like I can check it like once or twice a day. And that's the time that I'm choosing to be on Twitter. So it's not kind of running my life. It's when I'm getting to choose. So that's how I'm finding balance in using Twitter myself. That's great advice. And I'm actually going to turn off my notifications right now because I've been meaning <laughs> to do this forever, but I never have. So do it. Um, I'm turning my push notifications off, except for, you know, I'm still going to get um, for work. I have to have nws tornado on whenever there's a tornado uh, warning makes sense but the weather can tell me when to go into twitter but i don't want other people telling me but i think that's also a good tip like there 
as we kind of have mentioned, Twitter has a lot of customization. So if there are certain things that you have to do for your job or work or certain people that you would really want to get notifications from, like those are things that you can do. It's not like an all or nothing type deal. Notifications <laughs> from dog rates and uh, Yes. Rates. Dude, those are dog the best. Dog rates. rates. Wait, Becky, can you tell us your fascination with moose? Because I feel like we've never actually gotten the whole story, and I kind of want to know now. I mean, <laughs> that's a great question. Min, what's to get? It's really not. It's not that exciting of a story. Um, so like my, my favorite animal growing up was penguins. It was always penguins. Like, I saw them at the Denver Zoo. Like that was the thing. And then we went to Alaska for our honeymoon. And I, like, had it in my head that I was going to see a moose. Like, I was certain I was going to see a moose. And we're walking in Anchorage. We're walking through this park. And we, like, before we got into the park, there was a sign that said, like, if you encounter a moose. And I was like, (laughs) oh, my God, we're going to see a moose. And I guess you did. You can imagine. The story ends. We did not see a moose. Oh. It just bothered me, and I was like, I wanted to see a moose. Like, and here's the thing: like, I've seen moose as a child. I grew up in Colorado. We went camping. Like, I saw a moose as a kid. Like, I don't know, but for whatever reason, like, not seeing a moose in Alaska really bothered me. And then, like, the the re- the weird random trigger was that my husband went to Seattle for a business trip and brought back a stuffed Aww. moose, which was Maxwell the moose. Aww. And for whatever reason, like, that just I don't even know. It all snowballed from there. Wow. Like, it's not that great of a story, but. I didn't see a moose in Alaska, and then my husband brought home a stuffed moose. And like, I didn't know there was a story. Again, I guess. Yeah, have you seen a moose? <laughs> yeah, have. Oh dear, that needs no. to be remedied. No. So since your honeymoon, you haven't still seen a moose. have not. Yeah. Oh my I know, gosh. Right. I mean, we could do a weather Twitter hunt for moose. Yeah, kill a moose. <laughs> I mean, not killing the moose. Sorry. You know what I meant. <laughs> no, this is this actually really needs to happen. <laughs> I'm gonna lose it. Like the like my I was home a couple of weeks ago. My dad, I asked my dad, I was like, "Did we see moose when we were camping?" He's like, "Oh yeah, we saw him all the time. You saw moose?" And I was like, "What? Why don't I remember this?" <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyways, sorry about that tangent. But as you guys know, we do like our tangents a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. So you know, there was a tweet that somebody had sent out and I saw it pop up on my feed and I I know you guys have strong opinions but I want to ask you anyway um, do scientists belong on Twitter this person tweeted the problem with quote-unquote science Twitter is that it encourages scientists to spend time on Twitter when they should actually be doing science instead Um, (laughs) doing science (laughs) yeah whatever whatever that means Um, but but curious what you guys think about that because I know you guys have strong feelings I feel like that guy was trolling everyone honestly like had to have been right yeah because if you look at his tweets he like actually tweets about stuff like science stuff and i think he was just trying to like get a rise i mean he was defending himself so hard i yeah i guess he was trying to get a rile out of people he didn't think what is the goal of this there's so many ways before he hits it (laughs) (laughs) he didn't hit the backspace i mean if he wasn't trolling everyone then it's the dumbest tweet like i've ever seen yeah especially just because like there's a disconnect between how he sees scientists on Twitter, but also what he uses Twitter for, which is to talk about science. Um, it's just really interesting. But but anyway, you know, I've seen plenty of great ideas exchanged on whether Twitter, whether it's um, talking about potential research projects or um, talking about different weather phenomena that go on. And I feel like these ideas help to bring um, new thoughts and and uh, planning to other people who are observing and saying, "Hey, maybe I'll look into that idea or that question that somebody posed on Weather Twitter." 
Have you guys seen anything like that? I haven't seen anything like that I can pick out exactly, but I I almost guarantee that some like researcher or grad student has looked at some piece of radar or satellite data on Twitter and seen something that has sparked either a proposal or a grant um, and a subsequent like paper uh, just because the amount of and the accessibility that um, of data that, that's on Twitter because if you follow like a few people uh, you can see all the radar data that you'd ever want to see for uh, storms whether it's storm like winter storms or severe storms um, so I think that's huge like actually I mean that's that's doing science yeah. right like and and yeah yeah so. no, for sure I think there's so many good ideas that people see and I think people even joke they're like hey look at this you know radar loop this is someone's new thesis you know or new dissertation topic yeah but really <laughs> like it probably is I mean I just I think it's a great way for students to mm-hmm. I see a lot of surveys going around towards the end of semesters um, and crowdsourcing surveys but also from from my perspective um from my time as an operational meteorologist the ground truth that i gained from social media was incredibly valuable i mean you're i would follow chasers we'd have chaser feeds pulled up and you you would link to those from twitter like that's a direct connection we'd be like following this guy's feed and we'd be like well there's a tornado on the ground like we we better act on that you know and it's I, I would hope like the National Weather Service is using that. I know we were. Um, so from that perspective, like I'm looking at a picture of hail right now and someone actually has a measuring tape. And so they're getting direct ground truth. And obviously you have to take it with some grain of salt and figure out which accounts are, um, you know, have been oh, like validated. Um, it's 930. My, yeah, that's that's the word. My brain's going at this point at night. Um so you know, there, everything should be kind of viewed with a bit of a, of a of a lens on. But I just think there's so much valuable science. I've made a point lately, maybe the last year or so, of of going to people's profiles who aren't meteorologists and looking at who they follow. And so I've started following biologists and chemists and physicists and just that doesn't even scratch the surface. Like all these random people, and I have learned so much about so many random things that are science related and communications related and emergency management related it's just a it's a wealth of knowledge and if people don't see it as that then they're not doing it right hot take i guess i would agree i think the quote-unquote doing science includes science communication these days and so that's what twitter is kind of a, a useful platform and doing is kind of boiling down whatever you're talking about or discussing or researching or whatever science you're doing, um, you have to drill that down into a certain number of characters in order to convey that to your audience, whether that's an educated audience in another field or talking across disciplines or just talking to an individual on the street. So I think Twitter is an incredible tool for being a science communicator. And these days doing science, uh, like 50% of it, I would say is the communication of it because otherwise what's the point if you're stuck in your lab the whole time uh what is the point of that research or that science like what are you getting out of it what is kind of the goal of it um so i think communication is incredibly important and i'm not just saying that because i'm biased and i love it but uh it's just something that i think is kind of at the core of doing science these days yeah i mean if you can't communicate and distill your science down to yeah. a really tangible nugget which 
for better yep. or for worse, Twitter forces you to do, then do you really understand it? I mean, it's kind of like if the it's kind of a, a play on the if you're in a forest or what in if you're not in a forest and you if it yeah I don't know what it is if you're in a forest and a tree falls did it really fall or if you don't hear it <laughs> I don't know I've totally slaughtered this but <laughs> it reminded me of that. Does anyone know what it actually is? <laughs> no, if a tree falls in a forest yes, and doesn't make a it. sound, did it actually fall? And that's kind of similar to what you're saying. Yeah. So like tangentially. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you go to Alaska, you don't see a moose. Do no. moose exist? <laughs> I don't I'm not convinced moose exist because I haven't seen them since I was a child. I have kind of a question. It it kind of should have probably been at the beginning of the podcast, but um since we recorded the last episode like 2 or 3 years ago, give or take, do you feel like anything has changed in weather Twitter? And if so, what? For the better or worse? Um, I think it's a little bit hard for me to tell because I just haven't really been as active on Twitter. But based on what I've observed, you know, more recently, I'd say my Twitter feed, uh, there seems to be younger people, the up and coming generation of meteorologists that have been really vocal mm-hmm. on Twitter and been a lot more active than maybe the older folks who have, you know, gone out of academia and now have jobs. Um, you know, not to say anything about the people that are on Twitter, whether Twitter now, but just, you know, an observation that I've made. Um, but I think that, um, yeah. It's interesting to see because I'd say that over time, people's relationship with one another socially and virtually on uh, whether Twitter have, um, you know, have amplified, have gotten stronger. Uh, And that's from you interact with each other on Twitter, but then you meet each other in person at like, you know, an AMS meeting or, you know, you meet at a some kind of gathering where where people can uh, actually see each other in person. I think that helps to really develop and, and have those type of friendships really flourish. I don't know if this is actually a change that like has happened or just something that I've noticed more. Mm -hmm. I get so many responses to tweets on my account and uh, my company's account of like weather is man-made and like there's geoengineering and I swear it is eating my soul. Like (laughs) I've, I've taken the, (laughs) <laughs> I, I like for at, at the beginning like it i sort of brushed it off like i could brush it off pretty easily like oh this person's fringe but there are so many people saying this that i like i actually fear for what people believe and so i've like taken this stance that i respond to all of those people because i don't want them to be like the top reply in something and then have other people see that and like have no um actual sure um response to it and they someone will just take that for the truth um but that is one thing that i've noticed and it's like it's killing me could it be that you've gotten more followers and so you're kind of a a more public facing or like more you know what i mean like you're you're more out there and so people may kind of latch onto that more because of that it's possible yeah and i also like i haven't uh my, my company has a ton of followers and yeah um i see all those tweets the the thing is is like i feel like there's a good proportion of the responses that include that you know it's not just like like a small percentage of the replies have something like that it's like a good percentage Mm -hmm. of them do and it's like oh so disheartening the discourse that we're in politically in the country and also you know there's a lot of 
spam accounts that kind of tweet out incorrect, mm-hmm. you know, non-factual pieces of information about things like climate change or things like, you know, the flat earth or whatever. And, you know, because of these spam accounts, people's ideas of what is, you know, reality is being altered. And so they start to question these things that, you know, should be relatively easy to understand or, or whatever. But um, because of those mis- pieces of misinformation, put out there people start going to you because you're more of a public figure and and so they'll question you or attack you about things which is really unfortunate um but it seems to be a a much bigger problem that we're we're facing nowadays and the small majority usually is the loudest so just think about all the twitter users that aren't (laughs) sending you those messages um and think about i guess those like that is a lot it's a larger population than what you're actually getting yeah Um, that's that's uh, some hope that's a little peace of mind yeah yeah um, but a little plug, we did do a geoengineering and cloud seeding podcast. So if anyone's interested in that, <laughs> you can go check that out. <laughs> Learn all about it. Did you guys get any response to that? Like from people that believe in that? Um, not really. Okay, I wouldn't that's, that's say. good. <laughs> but that was, it was very early on, I will say, wasn't it? It was like our first year, I think. Yeah, we did it last year, actually. Um, and there was oh, a woman was, who... The years blend together for me. Yeah, they do. Um, <laughs> but there was a woman who did respond and, and say, you know, uh, she was like, oh, man, geoengineering is killing people and all this stuff. But then she actually said, oh, I listened to your episode and I actually really liked it and learned some information. That's really all that we could ask for, right? Like, I'm not trying to change her mind about things, but um, the fact that she was receptive, at least to what we um, talked about on the episode, that's good for me. So, you know, throughout the episode, we've talked about the, you know, younger generation of people who use Weather Twitter. And so I was wanting to ask you guys, do you have any thoughts on how to really foster that environment to make sure that Weather Twitter is, you know, inviting of all perspectives and and, uh, diverse ideas from everybody? Be the best Weather Twitter. That was from the Matt Parker workshop, too, actually. Was be the Weather Twitter that you want to see. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think that's what's really resonated and kind of what I've tried to focus on given some of the the negative stuff that's happened over the past couple of years is that like there are certain people on weather Twitter who people view as maybe not mentors isn't quite the right word, but as, as mm-hmm. leaders, I guess in the field. And so you have that responsibility and, and men like you, I don't know if, if Castle or Dakota know, know the backstory here, but like, I mean, you reminded me of that in a really good way. And it was something that I needed to hear. Like you, if you get to a certain point and you have a following, you need to understand that there are people following you who are observing what you do, whether they interact with you or not. They are observing the things you say, the things you do, how you interact with people. And you need to be a role model. And I've really tried to, to change and adjust my, my, presence on Twitter to reflect that because it hadn't really clicked with me until maybe the last three or four months or so that like I am someone that people potentially god forbid this is still kind of astounding yeah, to me like 100%. look up to in the field that's that's baffling to me <laughs> I feel like I just graduated which it's not it's been almost <laughs> 10 years but anyway 
Um, but at the same time, it's an opportunity to be to be a mentor. And I feel like I have to some people. Um, people, you know, a lot of students, especially since I started talking mm-hmm. about the mental health stuff, I've had so many people reach out to me and say, no one's ever said the things that you're saying before. No one has ever said that it's okay to not have all the answers that it's okay to yeah we're definitely gonna go get a beer again soon right (laughs) and that's been really really powerful for me at least is is having the platform of twitter of weather twitter to say hey guys like it's okay to to admit that shift work is really really freaking difficult like not everyone can do shift work and that's okay and it's really brought out this side of people that's that's vulnerable and that's a really powerful thing and so I'm hoping that it continues to be this really positive force um, that's good and that really helps people f- realize they don't have to be perfect all the time, that none of us are perfect all the time. We're just real people trying to get by day to day, you know? I think a good way to like foster mentorship through Twitter is extending the relationship beyond Twitter. And when when you go to like AMS conferences or whatever conferences you go to um, or if you're like, I don't know, at a university or something is, is try to build on the things that you've seen on Twitter. Um, I've built like so many great relationships, including the three people I'm talking to now uh, from Twitter, but it's, it's beyond that now, you know, like, man, we got a beer, like, I don't know, a couple months ago. <laughs> yeah, I know. we do. Um, Castle, I see you at AMS. Becky, I see, I always see you at AMS and, um, saw you in Breckenridge like a year ago. So it's like, you know, yeah. when you build those relationships outside of Twitter, they become strong. And um, I don't know. I think I've had a really positive experience doing that so far. That's why I love the weather Twitter meetups. Like, let's force everybody to get together and be face to face and realize that we're all just humans. We all care. That's why we're here. We care about what we're doing. We're all aiming for generally the same thing like let's let's try and get along i think it's a lot harder to to bash somebody or to be antagonistic Mm -hmm. over twitter when you've met them and you've had conversations face to face i think it's really important just to echo what dakota said to to have that in-person connection i think for me uh thinking about this i really like this the way that you phrase this question is this idea of community and i think that's what we need to make twitter more into is a community versus kind of a share all kind of situation so i think to to have a productive and nurturing online environment we have to both be productive and nurturing uh we have to put those kind of feelings that empathy that we talked about out there so we have to engage with one another in a positive way that isn't attacking one another and i think we need to speak the truth more like i think what becky said was 100 percent true is like she is talking about mental health in a way that no one else has done that before um and kind of being vulnerable in such a way that it really showcases that we are all human. And I think if we do that more in kind of a weather community perspective on Twitter, then we can all kind of come closer together and uh, kind of hold each other up in such a way. And I think by doing that, we kind of create this uh, mentorship in a way that's not directly like calling someone and talking to them every week and being their mentor, but kind of showcasing more of a leadership role in the way that we are a community. And I think that's kind of the take that I have been doing over the past few months is the way that I engage on Twitter is more about this sucky thing happened to me, but this is what I learned from it. Um, And kind of sharing 
in kind of the, not the negativity in my life, but like the stuff that I go through that necessarily I don't want to share, but I do because I know other people are going through it too. And so I think just being vulnerable and being human and being willing to share that in such a way that it creates kind of this productive and nurturing community, I think is what we should strive for. I don't think I could have said it any better than all three of you guys. So I'm going to leave it right at that because that was really beautifully said by every single one of you guys. Um, And I think that if we can kind of just think about those ideas and try to implement them in our day-to-day life, not even on Twitter, but just in general, then the world would be such a nice, pretty place. (laughs) I feel like that girl from from Mean Girls who's like, I just have a lot of feelings. (laughs) Do you even go here? <laughs> um, do you guys have any last thoughts before we wrap up? Be the weather twitter you want to be. <laughs> yes, that. Just, I mean, utilize Twitter for all of the yeah. good things that can come from it because there is a lot. There's a wealth of resources. There's so many people who are more than happy to talk to you about what they do. And so <laughs> slide into their DMs. Like, seriously, people, like, want nothing more than to share their passion with those that are coming up in their footsteps. Like, and I'm not, I'm I just, there's, there's so many people that are willing to, to talk with you about their work, about mental health, about what it's like to go to grad school and become yeah. a doctorate. Like, there, just any, anything you can think of, utilize it as a resource because it is. I was going to say, I was, I was wondering if everyone, like, had the one follower that they would suggest for everyone to follow to, that, like... Ooh that creates a nice a nice timeline and has good tweets i'll, I'll go first because mm-hmm. i pitched the question and i sort of thought about it beforehand um i'm gonna go with dan Lindsay, who is a satellite scientist with noah mm-hmm. he should tweet more in my opinion but when he does tweet it's always very pretty satellite pictures and you can't really go wrong there and it always makes me happy um, I can go next. Um, we actually had her on the podcast a few months ago. Her name is Dr. Katie Wiedemeyer Stromble, and she is a interdisciplinary mm-hmm. conservation scientist. And she keeps it 100 on Twitter about grad school, about mental health, about um, kind of the stuff that she went through through her grad school experience. And now she just graduated. And so she's moving onto like the job job market and so she has a lot of great things about getting a job and not sacrificing like your personal life and um, it's just a lot of great things about being yourself without kind of putting the research ahead of that and um, she's kind of been one of my recent uh, one of those leaders that we were talking about that we kind of are looking to and kind of thinking about the ways that they are using twitter to engage with people so I'm looking at my um, following list, like who I'm following, <laughs> and I actually started following um, Arthur <laughs> oh my gosh. a couple of days ago. <laughs> nice. That, that's not nice. the recommendation I have, but I'm just like laughing um, that I have just started following Arthur because um, of the big news. I'm sure you guys yes. have heard, but anyway. Um, so, <laughs> so I would say, you know, I think one of you guys brought up recently, you know, it's nice to follow meteorologists, but also we can look at other people in other disciplines as well. And so somebody that we had on the podcast maybe about a year ago, Dr. Janine Krippner, um, she's a volcanologist and she's so powerful in what she does in communicating about volcanology and geology and things like that. But again, kind of like Dr. Katie Wiedemeyer-Strombel, she keeps things really yeah. real 
and seeing the way that she engages with her followers in such a authentic passionate and like just empathy, a fun way like everything passionate yeah she hits it yeah. all and it's so great to see and the fact that she's meshing really well and intertwining herself with meteorology like she's saying that the volcanology world isn't as advanced on twitter as the meteorology world is so she's you know, met some great meteorology friends along the way and, and kind of learned about what we do and how we share ideas so that she can take that back to her community, I think is wonderful. And I think that goes to show you that we can all learn from each other in various ways. And it doesn't have to be meteorologists and meteorologists. It can be just about anybody, not even in science. Anybody that you follow, you can learn a lot from them. So um, Dr. Janine Krippner is somebody that I would I suggest that you guys follow. Recommendation. Janine is great. Okay, so mine, it, you guys may say that this is biased, um, but I'm going to plug the AMS Early Career account because it's basically crowdsourcing. And I say that because of the share your story and the fact that like these share your stories are all over the, are are. All over the place. Like sometimes they're about weather, sometimes they're about life. And I, f- I, just, I feel like you can learn so much from so many different people. Like we oftentimes get people weighing in that aren't related to meteorology at all. They just happen to like see it on their feet and they weigh in. I'm like, well, that's cool. Right on. Um, so like, yes, I'm part of the team that runs that account, but I also feel like it's a lot of valuable information for a lot of people who are younger in the field to see people that are students that are through all the ranges of their career on Twitter talking about these situations, whether it's, you know, what caused them to get into the weather, whether it's (laughs) saying weather a lot, um, you know, whether it's a situation they had to deal with throughout their college career or job interview, anything like that. It's just it's it's a lot of valuable information so i'm gonna i'm gonna plug the hey, AMS i have a question when we account. respond to the share your story what's like the best way to do it because some people like hit reply some people quote the tweet so like what do you think is like the best way to do it um or is there a best way generally not really okay. generally i would say quote the tweet but i whoever is running the account it's usually me on wednesdays is retweeting everything whether it's a quote tweet gotcha quote tweet or reply okay and that all gets archived um so all of the past share your stories are archived on the ams webpage um we'll tweet that at some point here in the next uh, couple of days so if you ever want to look back at all the ones that have have occurred over the last year or so um you can do that cool beans guys um i think we're gonna wrap it up i think that was a really great conversation and you know you guys can all follow us on whether twitter uh or twitter who are we starting with (laughs) (laughs) i'll go ahead and start um you can find me at at wx min which is wxminh i'm weather dak uh weather dak I'm WX underscore Bex, WX underscore BEC. And I am at WX Castle, so W-X-C-A-S-T-L-E. Perfect. Thank you so much, guys, for being on. And it was a great time just to catch up, but also talk about this wonderful place that we all see each other virtually. And hopefully we'll all see each other together at some point. Um, but yeah, it's yes. really exciting. Just uh, like Dakota said, we we met each other on Twitter, and then we became friends in real life, and that's really awesome. So, um, you guys go meet. That's your assignment: <laughs> meet one person in real life by the end of the year, <laughs> but not in a creepy way, like in a normal setting. <laughs>
So thank you again to Becky and Dakota for being on the episode today to talk about Weather Twitter. Um, and speaking of Twitter, that's one place you can find us, but you can also find us in a variety of other places, including facebook.com slash weatherhype and weatherhypepodcast.com. As Min mentioned, you can find us on Twitter at weatherhype, both words weather and hype, or send us an email at weatherhype at gmail.com. We appreciate any reviews that you'd be willing to leave for us. So please, if you want to, please do and, and talk about how you feel about listening to our podcast. We'd really appreciate it. And also you can find Becky and Dakota on their podcast in the elements. So until next time. Until next time. Stay, stay hyped. hyped. I almost I was holding my phone up to my ear the whole time and I almost just hung up on you right after you said it. Rude. I know you're editing this right now. My phone's on mute, so you can't hear me in the conversation, but you can hear me when you're editing it. So, hi, Castle. (laughs) Sorry, that was weird.